My name is Joan Nold, and I am co-founder and president of Labs for Liberty. So what inspired you to uh, create Labs for Liberty? Oh, a number of things. So um, grew up in a, a law enforcement and medicine family, and our son joined Army Reserve Psychological Operations while he was in college. And so while he was in his training and such, I kind of started devouring the books that were coming out of the Middle Eastern conflicts or wars and read Lone Survivor and Fearless and you know a number of other books and um, thought, there's something I can do. There's something I can do to help. And then our son brought home his sergeant from his unit. His unit was deployed while he was actually at AIT, which is their final training. And uh, during that campaign, the young man who became his sergeant, Anthony Norris, was in fact blown up by an IED. Fortunately, <laughs> the ID, IED was buried a little deep and he didn't lose any body parts, but he had a significant TBI, um, yeah. ball bearings and shrapnel throughout his body. He went back to their, their outpost. He recovered for a week and then he finished nine more months of duty. You know, that was before they were recognizing the impact of these TBIs on these guys. So Anthony came back and he was headed for farm D school, but he couldn't do it anymore. He couldn't do the math and the biology and the chemistry. So he had come up for our family pheasant hunt <clears throat> with Zachary and we were visiting and I said, you know, what about service dogs? What do you think about service dogs? And he, he told me, yep, they're, they're great. They're, they make a difference. And so I was like, that's something, something I'm capable of. I could actually train service dogs. And so my husband and I got on board and ultimately, long story short, we started training service dogs for veterans. And the very first dog we trained went to Anthony. So it kind of started because of Zach joining the military, Anthony coming into our lives and, and everything I was reading and, and feeling that we could do something to make a difference. Can you tell me about the training process? Yeah, we are really rather different than most organizations. So we both grew up around animals. <clears throat> um, we're passionate outdoorsmen. Anthony is a big hunter. And we thought, why shouldn't someone's service dog be their very best friend and their outdoor companion? Which, at least at that point in time, most service dogs were thought to be service dogs only. That's what they were. And they were to be used for no other purpose. And so our goal was to take Labrador retrievers, uh, particularly from a friend of ours who breeds them for hunting purposes, and create not only this amazing service dog, but have it be a dog that that individual could hunt with, could hike with, could swim with. You know, it could be their best buddy every day, day in, day out. It could be, you know, their battle buddy. And so we started out with Penny, <clears throat> which is Anthony's dog. Um, trained her up to the point where she was ready to serve him. And then he took it the next step with the, with the hunting training. And in fact, he is very involved in hunting programs for many other veterans. So Penny serves every veteran she encounters. So for us, what we do is we identify a veteran through an application process. I get to know them through, you know, their application and by talking to them on the phone if we feel that we can help with what they have going on, then through the knowledge I have about that individual, I actually select a very specific puppy for them. And, you know, it's not just 
oh, every puppy in a litter is going to make a great service dog. Not necessarily. They can't be too shy. They can't be too pushy. Um, with certain guys or gals, because we've had both, they might need a dog that can handle anger and yelling. Right. And certain bloodlines won't handle that. Other dogs, they need a dog that's nice and soft and mushy and cuddly. And and so we know the breeding of the dogs that we're getting. And so I reach out to Justin at Hunter's Point Kennel and he say, hey, I've got a guy coming through and these are my needs. What bloodlines do we have coming up? And we talk about it and we decide which litters we're going to pick from. And then he helps pick the exact puppy. Then we get the puppy at eight to 10 weeks old. The veteran names their own dog. So they have buy-in from the beginning. And I can't tell you how many guys have told me having a screenshot of uh, Loki on their computer and looking at that dog every day and knowing that's their future battle buddy has saved them. And they get input from our fosters. They can reach out and ask how they're doing. They get videos. They follow the dog on Instagram. And we specifically train that dog to each veteran's needs. So... We don't waste time teaching a dog to open a door if the veteran doesn't need it to open a door. But we'll teach that dog to handle being around massive machinery if that person's, you know, in construction machinery sales. And so we custom train the dog. And then, to be honest, these dogs can know what they need to know by about seven months. But then they get stupid and act like a teenager, (laughs) (laughs) which can be very anxiety provoking. And so we hang on to them till they're about a year. When they've gotten through that, they're more mature. And we bring that veteran to our home, either in South Dakota or Utah. And we have a guest house. And they spend a week with us. And we train morning, afternoon, and evening in different blocks for different things. And they get to know how to use that dog and how to trust that dog. And then when they fly home, <clears throat> I tell them, you're part of the family now. You're stuck with me forever. Um but we, we give them lifelong follow-up. They are, they are part of the family. And if there's a glitch with the dog or if they're struggling with the training or if they're struggling, I mean, I just sent my, my quote lead trainer out last weekend to a guy who's had his dog three years and he was having some blips and Mike went out and worked with them and everything's all squared away, but they have us forever. And, um, and they are family, you know, it doesn't matter if they're sharing the, the marriage of a son or an accident in the family or just pictures of the dog, we communicate with at least two or three of our veterans every day. So that's kind of our program and why it's a little different. So where do you want to see the organization next three to five years? You know, with our organization, because we are such a small core and so family centric, We'll probably just keep on doing what we're doing. Um, A few years ago, our second son, Jacob, who was our executive director while he was finishing college, and then he went on to become a Marine infantry officer. He's now out, and um, he still helps with the foundation. But he he is so brilliant. I, I just started training dogs. He came to me one day, and he said, Mom, what was your plan for structure? I said, what structure? I'm just training dogs. I'm training dogs and giving them to people who need them. He's like, oh, my gosh. Um, so, <laughs> so he built in true structure and uh, ways that funds just flow in from generous donors and things like that so I can train dogs and so all of our people can train dogs. And at that point, he said to me, do you want to grow this? Because he could have. He could have blown it up into a, a huge thing. Yeah. And now, mind you, we're 100% volunteer. Nobody makes a dime because if you want money, then you're in it for the wrong reasons. 
And I'm actually a working physician. So I do this around my regular work. Um, my husband is busy with other things too, but he pours himself into the foundation. And so I said, you know, Jake, we want to keep it family centric. And if we grow it too big, we won't know everybody. We won't be able to, when Tim calls me at two in the afternoon and is telling me something, I won't know what he's talking about with his son or his daughter, his wife. Whereas now if they call me, I know everything. I know what that, that son's in school for welding or, you know, I know these things and I want to keep it that way. So they said, we can't grow it too big or we lose that. So he's like, okay, mom, that's what we'll do. And so we've kept it small and intimate. And that's my goal is keep it small and intimate. Um, the other thing we did is we do train dogs for, you know, all branches, et cetera. But we've kind of refined it. So we're primarily doing special operations people and we still do regular Marines or, you know, I've got an infantry officer I'm about to do a dog for, but we've kind of geared it to a special operations only because it was so hard for me to screen so many people from the general population of the military um, and make sure they're legitimate because there are fakers out there and make sure that they truly needed a dog. And whereas by screening towards the special operations side, all of those people know each other. And so it's really easy for me to reach out to Ronnie and say, Hey, can you check on so-and-so and let me know, are they a good person? Were they truly in fifth group? You know, da, 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 da. And so um, we'll continue with that, but we still will help others who, who pop up on the radar or come th to us through referrals. So kind of just keep doing what we're doing because we're doing it pretty well.